Thessalonians. If you don't know what that is, it's really far back in the Bible. Get to Revelation and move back just a few books. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to kind of get a, a little bit of a survey of this whole book today. Real, some highlights of what's going on. Um, a few weeks ago, this scripture really jumped out at me. You know, uh, so First Thessalonians chapter 5, if you want to start at chapter 5, we're going to start at the end, chapter 5 and verse 16. And, you know, when I say the will of God, what, what, do, you, what do you think of? His word, His goodness. When I say trying to find the will of God... What do you think? Have you ever heard that? You know, man, I just, I'm just, I want to know what the will of God is. I need to find the will of God for my life. You know, young people, um, as you're growing up, you know, we got a graduate here today, you know, is trying to find the will of God, so to speak. You know, what, what am I supposed to do with my life? What, what am I, what am I called to do? Where, where is, you know, who am I supposed to Marry, or am I supposed to get married? And uh, you know, where am I supposed to live? You know, where does the you know where does God will me to do all those things? And I think that's all well and good to ask those questions, but the Bible actually tells us what the will of God is. And I believe the will of God is is less about being at the right place and doing the right thing, as it's more to do with being in the right heart and listening to God, you'll end up in the right place. You'll end up in the will of God. You want you know, have you ever had have you ever had that struck man, God, what's your will? Well, God God's will is uh is revealed in, in the Bible, in the Word of God. He said, Here's here's what I here's what I want. What does God want? He says, Here's what I want. Here's here's what my desires are. But there's a few Specific places where God actually spells it out, and the Bible says, "Hey, this is the will of God. This is the will of God for you." One of those books is First Thessalonians. It has a few different cases, so I want us to read this section, and we're going to focus on one part of the will of God today, just one principle of God's will. So, First Thessalonians five sixteen. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the the Word of God as we read it this morning. It says this. It says. Be joyful always, pray continually, or some of your Bibles may say pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We got it right there. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, do not treat prophecies with contempt, test everything Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. And so it's just interesting that right at the end of the book, you know, this is Paul the Apostle, and he's writing to a church in Thessalonica, the Thessalonians. Um, very hard word to say, but that was the group of people he's writing to. And just there at the end, you know, he always gives kind of the summary at the end. You know, Paul, he's writing a letter. He's writing a letter to a church. It's the church in the city. Um, in the Bible, the churches were not, you know, this church and that church. It was the church in the city. It'd be great to get back to that. Just there's one church in Midland. It's just the Midland Church, the Church of Jesus uh, in Midland. 
That's, that's the church. Now, we might have a little bit of... We might be gathering in a different place, but we're all, we're all on the same team. First Baptist is on the same team as us. We're not, we're not in competition with them. We're not in competition with True Light. We're not... You know, we're, we're on the same team. And so I want that team, part of the team to be totally successful. I want them to be blessed. I want them to be, to be prospering and thriving and seeing God do amazing things because that's the church in Midland. That was free, so that was, wasn't about this. But, uh, so he was writing to this church in the city. You know, they were probably meeting in different houses. They didn't have big buildings. They didn't have all this stuff. They were meeting in smaller groups possibly. And so they would have handed around this letter and said, hey, here's the letter from Paul. This is what God's showing him for us right now. And he says at the end, he starts summarizing some stuff, and then he says, hey, here's, here's the will of God. Hey, what's the will of God? Hey, here's the will of God. Be joyful. Always. <laughs> Be joyful always. Man, that, look, it sounds nice to read it. It's three words. Be joyful always. Woo! Easy to read. Hard to live. <laughs> right? <laughs> Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. I'm not going to preach on that today. We might do that next week. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think we're heading that direction. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all, in all circumstances. Oh, man. I wish he had said some. <laughs> don't you wish, don't you, sometimes when you read this, if you're really like, I really believe this is God speaking to me, I'm like, Give thanks in most circumstances. <laughs> it sounds pretty good, right? That's a pretty good high level, you know, 75%. You know, how about 90%? A minus, right? Isn't that an a, is that an A minus in school still? I don't even know. Do they have a different, is it, is it different now? But, you know, that's pretty good. Not perfect, but good. hey, that's good. My, my parents will be happy with an A minus, right? Some of you are like, my parents would have died if I got an A minus, right? <laughs> Never, I didn't know there was that letter on, on a report card. But uh, we're all different, so it doesn't matter now, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that, that doesn't matter. And so give thanks in all circumstances. Hey, for this is God's will. Hey, you want to know God's will? Here it is right here. Not trying to figure out where I'm supposed to work. Yeah, it's, it's, it plays into that. But it's like where I'm working, I'm joyful, I'm praying, I'm giving thanks. Ouch! Should we just like shut it down and go home right now, Kim? <laughs> Don't give me any more. I can't say. We're about to go deeper into it. <laughs> so Paul, you know, he's, he says this, but he, this is the deal. He is living it. He's living it. Go back to the start. You know, joy. We're just going to look at one today. We're just going to look at joy a little bit in, in this book right, right here. It says in 1 Thessalonians, go right to the first chapter. Paul says this. We always thank God for all of you in our prayers. We continually remember you before our God and Father. Hey, it looks like he's doing part of that, right? He's in the will of God. And I'm, we are before our God and Father... And thanking Him for your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, 
loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, get this, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so they're already experiencing this joy. And at the end, he's saying, hey, look, keep going in that. You've experienced that. You get to keep going in that. And Paul goes even further. And he says this in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 18 through 20. It'll be up there if you can't find it real quick. It says, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did it again and again. But Satan stopped us. So he was trying to come visit them. There's some spiritual opposition For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when He comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. This is crazy right here. I mean, can you imagine what Paul is saying right here? Hey, when Jesus comes back, what's going to be my joy and glory and hope and all this stuff? It's you. You see, here's the deal in in the Scriptures. The joy, God's joy is always connected with people. It's connected with people. See, true joy, if you find true joy in your life, you'll always find someone there. Look, going back to grades, look, I got good grades, okay? It doesn't really matter now that I got straight A's. Nobody cares. Nobody pats me on the back. Nobody... Gives me a hundred bucks for doing a good job on my report card. My parents didn't do that either. Um, <laughs> but it's a great idea. I would have wished they would have. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I look back on that and, and, you know, cool. But there's no joy there. It, it made me happy. Happiness is not joy. Happiness is kind of a, a, a feeling you get for a while. And it's like, hey, I'm happy. I got. But it, it's gone. You know, true joy just, just goes on. Now, when I think back, to spending time with my mom, who's not on this earth anymore, I can remember and experience joy. I can remember the good times we had. I can remember the times where she loved me when I didn't deserve to be loved. I can remember the time she's corrected me. And it brings me joy to go back and remember, look how much she loved me. She wanted me to become who I was called to be, who God wanted me to be. But my joy, when I think back of all the joyous things in my life, there's somebody else there. You see, joy is always connected with people. Paul had that. He's like, hey, look. I mean, Paul was... Paul must have had a relationship with this group of people in, the, in this city church. I mean, in chapter 2, he says, Hey, look, I was among you like a mother nursing her child. I mean, that's some strange language for a dude, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a man writing that. You know, first of all, you know, what does he know about that? I don't know. 
But he was trying to portray what he was experiencing, his love for these people, his, his joy in these people. He's like, you don't understand. There's, it's something about you being with you and seeing God work in you. It releases joy. It releases love in my heart. And so he says, look, I was among you like a father, loving and disciplining and, and training up and encouraging his children. A good, good father. You know, Paul had a revelation of who God was, and then he started acting like God. That's kind of how it's supposed to happen. We get a revelation of God, we get to know Him better, and then who He is starts coming out of us. Who He is starts flowing out of us. You know, it's not Paul's joy, it was the joy of God. Can you imagine how excited that God was when the people in, in Thessalonica responded and believed in Jesus, and he's like, Yes! You know, it's interesting, in Luke chapter 15, it's this, you know, it's talking about, there's three parables Jesus tells. He says there's the, the woman with the lost coin, there's the, the, the lost sheep, and then there's the lost son. And in one of them, it says, hey, this is, this is what happens when... One sinner repents. This is what goes on in heaven. And he says, here's the picture in heaven. There is joy before the angels in heaven. Now, we always read that, that the angels are rejoicing. But the Bible doesn't say the angels are rejoicing. The Bible says there's joy going on in front of the angels. Who do you think that is? It's Jesus. It's Jesus dancing. It's Jesus going wild. It's Jesus excited. You know, when you get, if you have given your heart to Jesus here, when you gave your heart to Jesus, there was a dance party in heaven. And the angels were not doing it. They were watching it. It was God himself, full of joy, saying, Yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. They've come home. I mean, we know that joyous parents, if our kids wander off into something that we don't want them to wander off in, and they come back, there's joy. We're not going to beat them. We're going to be like the good father the, in the story of the prodigal son. It's like, yes, you're back. Yes. Yes. Joy is connected with people. You know, in Acts, when the first church starts, Acts 2.46, it says, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It says they were together a lot of the time. There was joy. There was this, there was this thing that, 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 that couldn't be contained. It wasn't just happiness. It was joy. When you've got people that love you and you've got God in the midst, there, there's the opportunity there for a joy that's going to outlast any affliction. There's, it's a joy that's going to be stronger than any opposition that comes against you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Have you heard that in the Bible somewhere? It says, hey, this is, this is what happens. Hey, this is God's will. Hey, is God's will good? Yeah. <gasps> joy is good. Joy is good. Here's the second thing about joy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says this, You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. This is verse 1, if I didn't say that. Verse 1, We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi. That was the city they were in before. As you know, 
But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. You know, there is no way that the Apostle Paul would have kept going city to city to city if it was not a joyful thing for him to share the good news of Jesus. He got beat. He got... One, and some, some people even think there's many times he was beaten and he actually died. There's one story in Acts where they, they stone him and they throw him outside the city and it says he doesn't get up till all the, all the other believers come and they lay hands on him and then he suddenly gets up. You know, maybe Paul was resurrected from the dead from that time. Some people think that. I think it's a total possibility. But, you know, he's going in, he's getting, he's getting insulted, he's, being, he's had things said against him, you know, he's been... He's been beat by the authorities. He's been beat illegally. He's had all these things happen. You know, at the end of his life, he said that in some of his books. And it's like, what keeps Paul going? One of the things, not the only thing, but one of the things that kept Paul going was the joy in connection with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus. Because he was doing what he was called to do in connection with the good news of Jesus Christ. You will never find true joy unless you're connected with the gospel and your calling that God has given to your life. You're going to never enter into the fullness of that joy. You know, have you ever heard the phrase, we say it in church, oh, I'm called to the ministry. You know, I said that when I was, you know, 14 or something. Oh, God, I've been, I've been called to the ministry. It's totally unbiblical. It's totally unbiblical. It's totally wrong because everybody has been called to the ministry. <laughs> if you're a child of God, you're called to the ministry. It doesn't mean you're called to be a vocational pastor or a vocational missionary or do this or that, but you're called to be a part of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. What's your part? What's your calling? What has God called you to do? I bet you when you get a taste of that, there's joy. You know, I was reading an uh, interesting thing. I never read about uh, another worship leader. He's, he's written several songs that you probably know, like uh, This is Amazing Grace is one. Uh, his name is Jeremy Riddle. He started out in the Vineyard Church, and now he's, he's at uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California, uh, with Bill Johnson and all the leaders and, and people they have there. And so I had never read this before, but I read his testimony, and his testimony was this. He's a very you know, talented, he's a guitarist, musician, songwriter, but in his, in his teenage and... Or his, from his teenage years into his 20s, he was in, he was in like just a, a regular band and kind of chasing fame. You know, he was in some band and so he's playing shows and he's trying, you know, they're trying to make it big because like if you're going to have a band, the whole point of a band, right, is to like sell records and be famous, right? I don't know. That's, you know, you want to get discovered, you know. Oh, we, we got our song on the radio or something like that. Um, and so... He's doing this, and he, he, knew, he knew the Lord, but he was kind of, you know, not walking with God. He was just, you know, it, it was, you know I, I know all that stuff, but he was just living his life for, for this one thing. And he's just like, it was just so, at some point, I just felt like it was just so empty. It just, it just wasn't, it wasn't satisfying me. And so 
He went to some meeting. I don't know if it was a church meeting or a camp or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But he had an encounter with God and it changed his life. And he like, you know, he got back with God or he got with him the first time, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. And he was like, I knew then that I needed to give everything to Jesus. And I needed to give my talent and what, you know, who I was to him. And so he, he stopped playing. He wasn't doing anything, you know. He'd play on his own and, and God began to, begin to speak to him and, and he would begin to write songs unto the Lord and things would be happening. And then, you know, through all that, um, God brought him into joy because he was connecting him to his calling in the good news of Jesus. And so now here's a guy who, man, he, his songs are sung all around the world. I mean, he's internationally known if you know worship leaders. <laughs> You're like, I don't know any worship leaders. But So in, in a certain community, he's, he's known all the world. His songs are sung in probably tens, maybe 50 to 100 thousands of churches around the world, maybe even more. All because, hey, he surrendered all that, said, it's not about me. But when he connected himself with his calling, there was this joy and this passion that was released. If you've never seen Jeremy Riddle lead worship, the dude loves God so contagiously that you just have to worship. Like You, you can search him on YouTube. And again, I'm not trying to exalt him because I know he wouldn't want that either. But I'm saying that I'm exalting what God has done in his life in connection with finding his calling and doing what God has called him to do to spread the message, the good news of Jesus, because that's where part of our joy, true joy is released, is connecting ourselves with what God is doing, with his good news, with the gospel. You know, we chase so many things like he did. He chased so many things where, where, where you know, and they, there just wasn't the satisfaction there. But man, when you do something for God and you know it's a part of who you're called to be and you see God do something, there's some joy there that doesn't go away. I didn't finish my thought. If you search Jeremy Rillo on YouTube, like it's almost like he only picks out one song. You know, we, we pick out a list of songs. We, we, we even put it on a piece of paper. I know, you know we have music up there. It's not just totally like spontaneous. Um, just in case you didn't know and you're not on the worship team. Um, but you'll watch Jeremy Riddle and sometimes he's on YouTube and they sing one song and then they just begin to worship and they just, they just do whatever comes to them for an hour. They're just lost in heaven. It's incredible. It's contagious. And you're like, that is joy right there. I mean, you, you look on his face... He doesn't care. There's a crowd there. He doesn't know that he's maybe going to be posted on YouTube. Probably doesn't really care one bit. But I can see the joy. Because he's doing what he's called to do. And it's connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we're not all called to sing songs and preach publicly and do all that. But we are all called to partner in the gospel. And so if you're missing some joy, check your partnership. That's all I'm saying. How's the partnership with Jesus through the Holy Spirit going in, in your life? 
Because there's going to be some joy release. When you do something for the Lord and it spreads His message, His goodness, His character, His kindness, that's, that's something that, that can't be taken from you. You know, I can, I can think back to what happened on our Poland trip this year. And some of you may know, we just had an incredible just uh, outpouring of God's presence. And we got to be a part of it. It was just like so amazing. We're like, we, I'm here. I got to be here for this. Man, I can pull that up in my mind. And there's joy. Again, there's people there. It wasn't just me and God having a great time. Woo! That's good. I want to have a great time with God. That's good. Because there is another person there. There's people there connected. But man, there was the people of God there. But there was, man, it was, it was God doing what God wants to do. And it was the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Everything about who Jesus is and what he wants to do. There's joy there. Okay, so there's joy connected to people, joy in the gospel. And then there's joy and God the Father. It says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, it says this. If you want to shoot that one on the screen, it says, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it says that Jesus, the reason that Jesus went to the cross was because of joy. It wasn't duty. It wasn't duty. It wasn't just doing the right thing. You know, sometimes in church we get stuck on duty and doing the right thing. Hey, it's when you're joyful, you do the right thing. <laughs> Because you're in the will of God. When you're joyful, you're going to do the right thing because you're in the will of God. You know, when you have it right, when it's right in here, it tends to be right out of here and then right out of here. (laughs) It's when it gets wrong in here that it gets wrong out of here. And wrong out of here. Says Jesus for the joy set before him. For the joy. What was the joy? What was the joy for Jesus? Was it us? I don't think so. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. I, I don't think so. I think it was the joy of the Father. Now, I think there was joy connected to us. So I'm not saying that's not true. But I think the ultimate joy was Jesus' connection with his good father. And he looked at him. He looked at the father and said, Yeah, I can do this. this is, I am full of joy when I look at you. And I'm going to endure this because of you. It can be the same for us. Man, when you have an encounter with God the Father and he re- begins to reveal who he is, you're going to have some joy released in your life. You're going to have a joy set before you that helps you endure. You're going to have a joy set before you that, can, that, that, is, that is stronger than anything you can face. You know, joy lasts a whole lot longer than duty. Joy, you know, lasts as a motivation. Joy will get you to do things that, you know, longer and harder and faster and with more fullness in your life than anything else. Put yourself in something where there's no joy, it's tough. Because then you're just relying on, I'm just going to gut it out. I'm going to do it in my own strength. I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to do it because you're supposed to. 
You don't want to last that long. But if something's a joy, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And it's going to be like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything because this is so joyful. I'm so full of the goodness of God doing this. For the joy set before Him, Jesus endured the cross. Hey, it's, it's a whole lot better than fear. Hey, is fear a good motivator? Well, it, it can motivate you to do so. It's not a good motivator. I agree with that. It's a bad motivator. <laughs> but it, does fear motivate you to do stuff sometimes? Oh, yeah. We can do things out of fear. It can motivate us to a certain level, but it falls way short of motivating us like the way joy motivates us. You know, how about, how about anger? Sometimes anger can be a motivation, you know? It's like, I'm going to prove everybody else wrong. And really all you are is you're just PO'd at the world, right? <laughs> I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And then there's a word in your head that you probably shouldn't say, right? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> I love that you all are talking to me. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, but you know what? And that'll drive you for a while. It'll motivate you for a while. But it's going to fall short. You're going to get worn out. I mean, it's one thing to be motivated, you know, to get motivated by anger all the time and like, you know, being slighted by someone else. You know, you just need that edge, you know, where somebody has to do something wrong in your life. So you're like, I'm going to beat you. I'm just going to, you know, a little bit of competition mixed in there. Like, I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. You know what? And anger will motivate you. But hey, you want some motivation that's not going to wear your body out. Wear your emotions out. Probably wear your mind out. Joy is a whole lot better than anger. When you got joy as the motivator, it, it is stronger, it runs longer, it's, it's deeper, and it's sure a whole lot healthier. <laughs> it's a whole lot healthier. Doesn't matter. See, it's, so it's like my motivation. I want my motivation to be where I'm fixing my eyes on my Father in heaven, and then I'm like, yeah, you're good. Oh, you love me. I'm not a slave anymore. I'm not a slave to fear anymore. I'm a child of God. You know, finally, it's in the, in the Bible it says that joy and the Holy Spirit are connected. You know, Galatians 5 is the famous, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. And self-control. Did I get them all? I think so. And some of you, you know, you may have learned a different word there. But the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is this. You have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and things come out of your life. Because there's life, it's going to produce something. Just like a tree, you plant the tree, you put the seed in there, the, the water is the Holy Spirit, there's going to be growth. If there's health in the ground, health in the sea, and there's water and sun, a plant will grow. I know some of you only kill plants, you know, but um, hypothetically, if you get all those things, the plant will live, okay? Um, but if you get all those things in your life, if you get, you know, the seed of God's Word in your life, and you are planted 
in the place God wants you to be a part of. In other words, the soil of your, of your heart is good. He'll begin to water it in your relationship. As you get to know God better, the Holy Spirit will begin to water your life and it's going to produce something. The Holy Spirit produces certain kinds of fruit. His fruit is love. His fruit is joy. So this is not a thing where we're trying to work it up, where we're not trying to say, okay, I'm going to be joyful today. I mean, that's really going to work good. I'm just going to be joyful. Let's do it. <laughs> Does it work? No, it's got to come from somewhere else. It's got to be supernatural. You know, in, in Luke uh, 10.21, I love that. Did I put this scripture up there, Cooper? Luke 10.21? It says, I don't think I did. So it says, it says Jesus, there was some time he was speaking all this stuff, and then it, like he turns to heaven and says, and it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. And he just began to say, Father, I thank you that you've done this, that you've hidden these things and given them to little children. And he was in a, let's Luke 10, 21, you want to look it up later. Um, Romans 14 and 17 says this. So Jesus had the joy with the Holy Spirit and says this. Oh, I do have it. <laughs> or you found it. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't something he was trying to work up. It was the presence of God on his life. And he began to praise and worship his Father in heaven. Uh, it says in Romans 14 and 17, it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is what the life of God looks like. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So if I'm missing one of those things, then I know there's a problem with my connection with the kingdom of God, with the king. The joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. Wherever the kingdom is, there's joy. I know people have tried to turn church into like, you know, kind of the joyless thing sometimes, but we're supposed to be full of joy. We've got, we got a pretty good joy group here. It doesn't mean that we're always laughing, but it means there's... There's a, a contentedness and, and a satisfaction in who God is no matter what's going on in my life. That no matter what I'm facing, I can turn my eyes to Him. I'm like, you know what? This is awesome because you're with me. I mean, we're not saying this thing is awesome. If this thing is a pile of dung, then... <clears throat> That thing's still a pile of dung. It just means that even though it, I'm going through that right now, I have something greater in me that's getting me through. Yeah, I have something stronger in me that's keeping me from being soiled by this nasty world. I have something in me that is going to strengthen me where I'm going to accomplish what God has called me to do. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hey, it's God's will. <laughs> I want to do God's will. I want to be a part of God's will. I want to be soaked in God's will. I want, to, I want to live His will. And you know what? I bet you if we're in God's will in this way, we're going to find ourselves in the right place. We'll be in the right place at the right time. We'll be doing the right things. You know, because if you've got that joy, uh, I'm not saying you have to like your job. I'm saying that God can give you joy in the midst of your job. You can look beyond it. We're not talking about pretending here. We're not talking about faking it. Fake, it's not fake it till you make it, okay? We're talking about looking beyond and saying, okay, I'm going to draw strength from someone who is greater than what's going on right here. 
It works. It really does work. And make sure you're not the Lone Ranger. For those of you that are not a people person, I relate to you, okay? You know, you get the people overload if you're around people too long, right? You understand that. You don't want people at your house all the time. Some people do. Some people think that would be like the most amazing thing in the world. Um, and that's why we need a balance and of all these different kinds of people. Joy in people, joy in the gospel, joy in the Father, joy in the Spirit. It's the will of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this reminder from your word, for just this, this teaching from your word that you have, you have like deposited into our spirits. Lord, and we, we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to work this up. Lord, but we might need to ask for it. We might need to look for it. We not, might need to ex- expect it. And so that's what I pray, Lord. I pray that our eyes would be opened, that our hunger would be, would be engaged, would be awakened to know this joy. And Lord, that our senses, our spiritual senses would be aware, Lord, to be able to see what you are doing and see beyond where we are at at the time, Lord, and receive supernatural power from heaven. Lord, we're asking for it in every area, but today you focused on joy. So, Lord, release the joy to every single person. Lord, even in the midst of mourning, Lord, it says, you know, you give the oil of joy for mourning. Lord, and so there's some of us who are right now maybe in a season of mourning, but we are believing that your oil of joy is being released right now to to bring joy in the midst of sorrow, God, that you are greater than any sorrow on this earth. You are greater than anything that could happen to us. We're believing that you are who you say you are. And Lord, I pray for every single person here too, just if there's anybody who's just never connected with the, with the gospel of Jesus and being a part of what, what we're called to do, Lord, show us what that is. Lord, if our calling is to pray for people behind the scenes and nobody ever hears about it, then help us embrace that calling and we'll find true joy. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, whether it's serving people and we're not seen, whether it's in front of people or somewhere else, God, we just thank you, Lord, whether it's here in this nation or in another nation, Lord, we want to be a part of what you've called us to do. And we know it's going to be a thing that carries us with your joy. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, grab somebody or come up here. And thank you again for Family Promise this week, everybody that served. And ladies, tonight at 6. Ladies meeting tonight at 6. My foes are many, they rise against me, but I will hold my ground.